0: More than a million people have left Ukraine. As the Russian invasion targets cities across the country, ordinary people have been faced with the difficult decision of staying put and facing bombardment or leaving their homes, their communities, and their lives. It is already the biggest European refugee crisis since the 1990s Yugoslav Wars. The UN fears that there could be 4 million people displaced in the coming weeks and months. If things continue to get worse, it could be Europe's biggest crisis since World War II. You're listening to Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Leila Garagoslu, and this week we're looking at how the war is leading millions of Ukrainians to flee. Before we start, please subscribe to Beyond the Headlines to get all the latest episodes. And if you haven't heard it already, check out last week's episode where Aaron Brown spoke to Katja Naporka in Kyiv speaking about her experience of waking up to war in her city. On the 24th of February, 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine. Residents of Kyiv woke up early to sounds of explosions and soon air raid sirens blaring into the capital, alerting them that the invasion had begun. The shelling of Ukraine's major cities had begun. The lives of over 40 million people were drastically altered. People flocked to the nearest bomb shelter, most were just apartment block basements or car parks. The underground metro provided the best shelter, with people hunkering for hours, waiting to see how bad the damage would be. The question everyone was asking, to stay or go? If you go, where do you go? For days, people waited, hearing that Russian soldiers were closing in on Kiev from their shelters and basements. They huddled in the underground metro stations with food, blankets, bags, and even pets. Um, in my building. Anton Mironov is a local resident of Kyiv. He told us he did not expect the war to start. They were not preparing to flee, but nobody thought there would be war and that they would attack Kyiv directly. He said he hopes it will be okay. In the weeks leading up to the war, many people thought it would perhaps be the areas with heavy Russian support that would be annexed. Lyudmila is an 88-year-old woman, also sheltering in the Kyiv metro. She didn't believe Russia would attack Ukraine. On the other side are people just like ours, she says, speaking the same language. For some, like Lyudmila, Ukraine was part of Soviet Russia for most of her life. All her childhood and most of her adulthood, until 1991, when she would have been in her late 50s. Ukraine had been part of the USSR. Ukraine declared independence when the Soviet Union broke up in 1991 people lived, worked, married, and mingled. But as the days of this war have passed, those in the metro stations began to feel desperate.
1: I'm on the subway now, and it's terrible how many kids are there. (laughs) Um, We won't live in independent, independent normal country. And thank you that so many countries can hear us and support us. I hope all this violence and cruelness ends soon.
0: Many people, feeling there was no choice, boarded trains to the borders. Ukraine is surrounded by seven countries. Some people left to the north and east towards Russia and its ally Belarus. The Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, has said Russia is willing to talk if the Ukrainians lay down their weapons. Lavrov says Russia is only fighting to free Ukrainians from oppression. But most people in Ukraine are going in the opposite direction, heading to Poland, Romania, Moldova, Slovakia, and Hungary, all of which, excluding Moldova, are part of both the EU and NATO. Moldova formally applied for EU citizenship on the 3rd of March, just a week after the war began, signaling a decidedly pro-Western stance in the face of crisis at its doorstep.
1: (laughs) —
0: On the border, there are emotional scenes. One woman has come from Hungary to collect her children from a kind stranger who brought them over the border. Their father is still in Ukraine. Many families cross the borders, but there are no Ukrainian men amongst them. On the day the war started, the Ukrainian government banned men aged 18 to 60 from leaving the country. They would be expected to stay, volunteer, and fight. Families have been forced to separate with mothers and children, leaving their husbands and fathers behind. Mark Goncharuk is just a small boy. He speaks about leaving his father behind in Kiev while he travels to safety. He will be helping our heroes, our army, he says, unable to hold back tears. He may even fight. But as so many people leave, Ukrainians around the world are hoping to return to volunteer and to fight. Jamie Prentice from The National has been on the ground in Poland speaking to some of these people.
1: Occasionally you'd see a van going the other way into Ukraine. And these were all, from what I could see, men who were going in to fight. In every place I've gone to, the only men I believe that I have seen coming over are non-Ukrainian men. I've spoken to a few Ukrainian men, but they were all the Polish side of the border waiting to meet family members or going over to fight.
0: The non-Ukrainian men Jamie mentioned are among those who are trying to leave, who have been living, studying or visiting Ukraine. As the war started, they began to gather what they could and head to the borders. But getting out of a war zone isn't always easy. And to add to it, there have been many reports that those leaving Ukraine where Black, Arab, or Asian are being treated with racism. The UN condemned the racism and asked governments to crack down on the issue. Ethel is a student from Ghana who had trouble crossing into Poland.
1: Mostly, they would would consider white people first. White people first, Indian people, Arabic people, before Black people. As long as you're Black, no one likes you. I remember they punched a certain Black guy, a policeman in Ukraine, punched a certain Black guy for nothing.
0: Erin Brown, a reporter from The National, is in Romania covering the refugee crisis. She spoke to some of the people who had managed to cross the border there. Clinton was a student from Nigeria who came to the Romanian border after a bad experience on the Polish side.
1: They don't allow us to go to Poland. We've seen people die. Poland
0: border is very bad. I tried going to Poland. Oh, I told my family I'm going to Poland, but I couldn't. I couldn't go to Poland because it was so difficult. I waited on that, on that code of minus four degrees for two days. Outside. We couldn't move. I, I told my friend, no option. We can see, we can go to any country just to be safe. See, all my clothes are dirty. Emmanuel, another student from Ghana who crossed at the Romanian border, told Aaron how queues into the country were divided by race.
1: The security guard firing gunshots in the air, and we all have to move back, so we went to. A place, I think, one of the restaurants at the border, we slept there for a couple of hours. We came back, the situation was calm, and then we saw that all Blacks were just forming a line. So we also joined the line, and then uh, little by little we were made to
0: end. As Europe is shaken by war and people look on as refugees leave Ukraine, these stories serve as a reminder of over 80 million people who are displaced all over the world due to conflict, persecution, and disasters. So as people flee Ukraine, one of the things giving them hope is President Zelensky. The comedian who once played president on TV has stepped up. He has twice refused to be evacuated from Ukraine. Jamie spoke to a woman on the Polish border who thinks this could make a difference.
1: She said that, you know, her two children, a lot of their classmates and their parents were stuck in Kiev. And it was sort of getting to a stage where it's too dangerous to leave because the Russians had almost effectively surrounded the city. Something that she said, which is, you know, a general theme that you'll find is that I spoke to her about President Zelensky. She hadn't voted for him when he'd run for president, but she was very impressed by him and his, his behaviour and his decisions and the way he spoke. And she said he helped inspire the army and, and people's morale, given everything that he was doing and saying. I have noticed people's anger is often directed particularly at President Putin. They see him almost as, as one country.
0: In all this anguish, the biggest question for everyone is, how long will this last? And when can people return to their homes and reunite with their families? Although there is no way to tell, Jamie feels that, sadly, there's a long way to go.
1: One thing I would say is that this is just the start. The queues are still extremely long. On the Ukrainian side of the border. There's no sign that the fighting is going to be ending anytime soon. So this influx of refugees fleeing Russia's invasion of Ukraine, this is just the start.
0: You've been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Leila Garagoslu. Thanks this week to all our contributors. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison, Aisha Khan, with reporting from Ukraine, Poland, Romania, by Chris York, Jamie Prentice, and Aaron Brown.